0: We're doomed, we're saved.
1: The Biorevolution Podcast.
0: Your host, Luise von Stechow.
1: And Andreas Hochler. So let's face it, obesity is both a serious threat to people all over the world, especially in the global north, obviously. But at the same time, the image of good looks, that is, look, thin, of course, has changed drastically over the course of the last decades. We Are Doomed, We Are Saved, Ozempic & Co. New Era of Weight Loss, title of our episode now, as so many times we're at the crossroads of what is scientifically possible and what is really desirable in the sense of public health. Well, one thing is given, coming up with a drug like Ozempic means the financial jackpot for the company and Possibly a way out of obesity, of obese people who tried everything else like sports and diets and didn't succeed. We'll see. But first off, easy. hello, how are you?
0: Hello, I'm excellent.
1: And you brought a um, quote to get into the topic, I guess.
0: I did, and uh, this time it's by a great scientist named Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Who's a scientist? <laughs> but we do, uh, talk do show we host. know if
1: he's a if he's a scientist? We don't, right?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I think Probably he's quite multi talented, but yes. I don't know if science is is amongst his many talents. But he was hosting the Academy Awards this year, and he um, put out the statement. Everybody looks so great when I look around the room, I can't help but wonder: Is Ozempic right for me?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I see. And for a lot of people in the crowd, I probably it was right. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's at least the assumption.
1: So easy. For us underlings who are not in the award ceremonies, it's the time of year again, once more. Promises, wishes for the new year, tons of food at the same time. I mean, I wouldn't bet on how many people promised to themselves to lose weight in the new year. And uh, yeah, that's where we are right now, right?
0: Yeah. It's the time of the binges, I would almost say, approaching Christmas because it's like you meet your friends before Christmas, you have different parties and dinners and everyone brings cookies and more cookies. And then there's Christmas and then there's New Year's and all over this amounts to a lot of happiness. And as you say, good wishes, good cheer and lots of food and wine.
1: Oh, yeah. And then we see on our scale that we put on like a few pounds or even more than that, and then we're suffering and we want to have better looks, get in shape and so forth. And uh, parallel to what's happening with the fitness studios at that time, you know, two-year contracts and everybody attends for maybe a week or two and then skip it again, they might find a new savior in Ozempic Tell us a little bit about what the company Nordisk is and what Ozempic is.
0: So, Novo Nordisk is a Danish drug maker, actually, a, a quite traditional company that, from its tradition, is in the insulin market, so in the diabetes market. And they got in the, I think, 1910s the patent for insulin from Canadian scientists who had developed that and the founders of the company so the wife, uh, she was actually diabetic herself and it was also like this personal motivation to cure Marie's diabetes and then I think they were also ultimately successful with that so to, to actually have her survive and based on that the company is really traditional in the diabetes market and the surrounding fields of diabetes so they're very specialized in this area and of course one of the risk factors for type 2 diabetes is being overweight because you will have higher blood sugar levels and you will have potential comorbidities of that and that will potentially lead you to become diabetic and around that there was I think in the nineteen 19- 80s the discovery of a drug class that regulates a hormone in the gut that's uh, GLP1 and the class or the class that was then subsequently developed from that are semaglutides and they regulate not only insulin levels but they also regulate the appetite so this semaglutide <laughs> drugs are a class of diabetes drugs but as a nice side effect in the trials and uh, that was found in different trials, but more than any others for Ozempic, which is now a newer generation of these drugs, it was found that the people who take the drug actually lose quite a bit of weight as a side effect. That was not the intended use. The intended use was to cure their diabetes or not cure, but treat their diabetes and uh, keep their, their blood sugar levels regulated now they find that people also lose a lot of weight, which, of course, is something that is nice to see. It makes sense within the mechanism, but it's also this typical mechanism of science, which is serpendipity. So you have, like, you want to see something else, but you see something on top of that so basically that's a little bit I mean what for example the discovery of penicillin is such a story or the discovery of Viagra is such a story where you actually have a slightly different intention and then you find ah but it also does that that we can really use and this of course for weight loss which is kind of a holy grail (laughs) for drug discovery I mean you, you mentioned a little bit of it already in the beginning what a crisis obesity is and how difficult it actually is to lose weight just with diet and exercise. So having a drug that helps you do that is, of course, something that's very desirable. And this is that something that Novo then, of course, exploited. So they put out a different formulation of Ozempic, which is called Vigovi. It's the same drug. It's also semaglutide, but in a higher concentration, which is approved for obesity. Now, the thing is that there are so many people who want to lose weight, <laughs> who are potentially not obese, but they just also want to make use of this drug, that now Ozempic, which is meant only for diabetics, is also used by people who just want to lose a little bit of weight.
1: Do people who have diabetes have access to the drug at all anymore? Because I I think that the the market is emptied, kind of, because there's been so much buzz around the new drug.
0: There are definitely shortages. I don't know if it's like completely depleted, but definitely it's a problem that the drug is being used off-label so much that people who have diabetes might have difficulty getting the drug. Um, That is mainly true, by the way, in uh, the United States, in Germany, it's not so easy to get off-label access to drugs, Mm. because, I mean, you need a prescription by your doctor, and you need to convince your doctor to give you a drug for a diabetic if you're not diabetic. That's... You need to work on that. There are also like ways to get like black market <laughs> prescriptions via some websites. But that said, I think a large part of the problem is the U.S. market and not so much Germany, where I think it's more that you would then get the drug that is really meant for obesity if you're also obese. But simply, I mean, Novo, they had such an increase in drug sales and in demand for this drug, which I think was basically almost not foreseeable or it was not foreseen and the manufacturing is not fast enough. So they cannot satisfy the amount of people that want to use the dark.
1: Incredible. Before yeah. we dig our toes into the history of obesity and fighting it, real quick, do we know by now anything about side effects or do we know about side effects already?
0: So, The side effects are really in line with the mechanism of the drug. So what the drug does is that it uh, reduces hunger by, on the one hand, reducing the emptying of the stomach. So basically you feel full for longer, but it also signals to the brain that you don't feel so hungry. So anything that would lead you to be let's say, I'm saying it a little bit simplified because it's much more complex, but let's say a slow to digestion, yeah? So you you feel full for a longer time, it makes you nauseous. And that seems to be a big part of the mechanism. So it's kind of the the effect and the side effect at once because you feel right. you feel yeah. slightly mm-hmm. nauseous and you don't have appetite anymore so people lose the craving for food and some people say it's like losing the food chatter so this constant like oh what could I eat next and now I'm sitting here writing an email but I could also go to the fridge and yeah. have a look what I could eat this kind of I mean I think most people know that right I, I have that I, I sometimes course. I just open the fridge and then I close it again <laughs> but no, I, um,
1: I, I confess something I'm thinking of that right now so yeah going to the fridge and what's in you know and What could I have
0: next? Of course, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this seems to go away, but at the cost of feeling nauseous. And some people also get vomiting from it. So they don't only feel bad, but they also have to purge. And then you also potentially get diarrhea. So it's all like mainly GI. There are some other side effects that are currently not confirmed. So one of them is there's a rare type of thyroid cancer, I think which uh, was found in preclinical studies in mice, but was not so far seen in humans. And then there is also one investigation into a potential risk of suicide that I think also is now being investigated by the EMA based on some concerns from an Icelandic report, but also there I think this is not confirmed. One has to be aware that for these animal studies, the animals get really high doses of medication so, or of a drug substance, just to test is there any risk? So the meaningfulness of such tests can be questioned. So it's not completely clear if there is really such a risk. So it has not, in the time that uh, patients are being treated with the drug, this has not been observed. That said, Novo is not the only company who has this kind of drug on the market. semaglutides. and for example, Pfizer has an oral drug, so something that you take wire mouth. Ozampic is uh, once a week self-injected or also uh, Vicovi And the Pfizer trials, they just closed one arm where they had the medication twice a day because more than 50% of the participants dropped out of the trial because they had such massive, I think 70% had nausea and like super high rates of just uh, people who felt sick all the time, which then apparently for them was not worth it. But To summarize, side effects are mainly or almost exclusively gastrointestinal but that really makes sense within the context of this mechanism and it's kind of what you have to take. So it's not this kind of promise that you say like you take this drug and now you can eat anything. Quite the opposite, you take this drug and you don't want to eat anything.
1: So let's do history books a little bit because it's not so far away to imagine that the idea of keeping on eating burgers and chocolate and drinking huge amounts of red wine at the same time losing weight as something that's been around for a while and take a pill against it or something, you know. So where's the history of weight loss and of treating it and getting some escape uh, you know road
0: yeah maybe let's go back some some i don't know centuries more than okay. <laughs> than that or some 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 eons No eons maybe a bit too much but i mean from the history of humankind so i mean our modern way of life is a pretty new invention and from an evolutionary perspective A lot of the way our bodies is wired, and we talked about that in previous episodes, hasn't really caught up to the way we live now. Because once upon a time, and that's not so long ago, our bodies were designed to be able to survive periods of starvation because you didn't always have food. So... We are wired to preserve calories at all costs. So if we go through a period of starvation, we try to make the best of our reserves, our body fat, and try to to keep our body survivable until there's food again. And once there's food again, we really boost our metabolism in order to make the best use of the food that we have again. So this makes a lot of sense if you... Run somewhere in the, I don't know, in the open field and try to find something to eat and try not to be eaten by something else. It does not make too much sense if you're sitting in front of the computer all day and have readily available food within a few steps away in your fridge and you're potentially very anxious about the work that you're doing so you need to eat a little bit more and uh, compensate as you say by drinking one more glass of red wine in the evening all that really does not fit with this mechanism and it's much much easier to put on weight than to lose weight again. So somehow we need to trick our bodies into either not wanting food or digesting the food that we have faster so either increasing the metabolism or decreasing the appetite or both and that I mean there's I think for a long time different strategies around that in order to try to lose weight but most of them or many of them actually have quite severe side effects or just don't work. And that's why many of these mechanisms failed. And uh, for example, in the 1950s to 70s, there was actually methamphetamine, the the go-to drug, which is kind of, yeah, could say speed, which of course makes you less hungry and more energetic, (laughs) also makes you potentially addicted. But it was this kind of drug that was like the all-purpose housewife, keep happy, keep going, keep thin
1: good god and, yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: and then i mean there were a lot of other drugs that were put out to the market for example in the 1990s there was the Pen or accomplia and i mean they usually had quite severe side effects so for example cardiovascular risk but also cancer risk increased so i mean many of those drugs that saw the market really either didn't work, so they didn't really lead to like real reduction in weight, or they gave you a higher risk of heart attacks and cancer, which is or addiction, which is also not so great. And I think what's really interesting about that is that you have I mean, this history of you already know how severe those side effects might be. And people are still really willing to take the risk. I mean, there was one one drug also that just gave you like really severe diarrhea. So people were just, you know, like now we, we're not we're not using language but they they're... spent their time
1: on the toilet yes
0: exactly yeah or not even they didn't actually make it to the toilet so yeah and i mean is that is that worth it i don't know yeah and then now you have this class of drugs that at least in a lot of patients i think it's also not not in all but it's the story that you hear again and again is that people just feel very very nauseous from it and it's again the question is it worth it but i think when it comes to the side effect profile, I mean, this new class, the smaclutides, so Osampec, um, Vegovi, they look like something that might be manageable for many people. And I mean, it at least doesn't kill you.
1: Let us look easy at that point a little bit into the industry, because as you mentioned, of course, the hunt to find new blockbusters is continuing. And uh, a lot of companies find it in diabetes treatment, because this is an illness that affects like millions and millions of people. On the other hand, we have phenomena like Viagra, you mentioned that too. Here comes Ozempic. That from one day to the other, if you look at the, at the development of the stock and, and all indicators, that makes them rich, right, for 10, 15, 20 years, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if they don't screw it up, yes. I mean, this is, a, it's a massive success. And it's, I mean, when I looked into it, like in preparing this, I actually thought it's like, it sounds like the new Viagra. Actually, it also comes in blue syringes, the Ozampic. Okay. I mean, that said, I mean, Ozampic is still the diabetes drug and Vigovi is the obesity drug. But I think nowadays it doesn't make so, I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference. And also there are other, other drugs of the same mechanism, but these ones were the ones that really showed this drastic weight loss of like 15% body weight loss within a year—that's really a lot. And when you think about drug development, you want something that a lot of people can take, that they're willing, someone is willing to pay for. So either the people themselves or the insurers. And in this case, I think if you if you get it off label, Ozempic, um, you have to pay out of pocket, and that's like a thousand dollars or something a month. So it's not cheap, but people are willing to do it because it works. And What also is very helpful if people have to take the drug that you offer for a long time. And Ozempic or Vigovi or similar, they bring all that together because you have a massive amount of people who are overweight. I think in in the United States, it's like, I don't know, 40% who are now at the level that's considered obese and a lot more people being overweight. So you have (laughs) a customer pool. Quite a market, Um, yes. Yeah, you have the pressure that people really want it. So they are willing to pay for it or put pressure on the healthcare system to pay for it. And they will have to take it for the rest of their lives. Because if you get rid or if you get off the drug, it's I mean, it's like a diet, right? you get this uh, so-called yo-yo effect. If you get rid of it, you gain the weight. And sometimes people gain even more than the weight that they had before. So this theoretically, if you wanted to work, you would have to take it for the rest of your life. And it's a question how this really will play out because these drugs, I think, Ozempic was approved for uh, diabetes in 2017. So, of course, this is not like a super long history for a drug, but there, for example, the statins or something that uh, you take, I mean, you take them for the rest of your life. So it, or for the rest of the time that you want to stay healthy. So it could well be that this will be for, for these kind of drugs, the story. And then, of course, I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar market absolutely. already the market cap of Novo has increased drastically they have I think what was it a sales growth of 30 percent or something like that which I mean in this industry is like really an insane yes. <laughs> number yes absolutely um, and many others too so sure yeah and of course, I mean, there are other entries into the market, other companies like Pfizer that exploit the same mechanism for this specific class. I think Novo has the patent till 32, but there are other or similar, similar drugs that would work in a similar, in a similar range. Yeah, so I think I, I just looked it up. So the company value increased by 75% of Novo. That's <laughs> I think Novo um, I mean, they had some bad press around insulin prices that were high, but they also made a pledge to actually decrease those now. And um, Novo actually spends a lot, or puts a lot of their money into a foundation that was in this history of the of the the foundation of the company. They had to make a pledge that they dedicate a large amount of their incomes into public fund that funds research. So I was actually, when I was a postdoc working for um, a center that was founded by the Novo Nordisk Foundation.
1: I was just about to ask, because you spent many years in in Copenhagen in postdoc, if you were in touch with those folks i mean on yeah i mean I, I
0: was i was in a center that was founded by the foundation and i mm. also know many people that work at novo yeah it's a, it's of course a little bit of a craze around it i actually don't don't know how it looks from inside the company i would have, would have to ask people but i mean it's a it's a great success story but i think it's also has the potential through this foundation to lead to a lot of good because they now i mean I think it's the biggest private foundation in the world now or something or monetarily based on the the dedication of the income into this fund maybe it's I, I don't know I read that somewhere don't know if gates might still be <laughs> a bit higher but they are of definitely in the big players now and of course I mean we discussed it in a previous episode that there's also with these foundations there are some let's say risks around that or it's not only good to dedicate private money to research but of course there's a massive opportunity to also make good of this money that's being earned there and channel it into into research and into into doing good in the world so I think that is actually a nice outcome of that.
1: Probably they won't invest into the question of how are good looks defined. And let's close with a little, well, yeah, try to talk about the culture around it. You mentioned, and there's a, there's a, big difference between obesity and gaining a few pounds, obviously. So one is a sickness and that you want to treat this in order to reduce other risks. Health risks is uh, is a given, of course. But then on the other hand, those who have maybe a few pounds more... Let's let's look at ideals like uh, Marilyn Monroe in the nineteen fifties was an ideal. I guess she would be considered fat in our day, which is crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think I mean, so I mean, this ideal of having to be thin—it's there for a while already, right? But there was then this kind of body positivity movement that you were allowed to not be super thin and still considered. Okay, let's put it like that. Of course, obesity as you say is is unhealthy and it has a lot of risks. So you have an increased cancer risk, you have an increased risk of as we said earlier of developing diabetes, of heart disease. So it's it's not good to be obese. But there is, of course, a gray zone, and it's also not true for all people who are overweight. Not everyone who's overweight is unhealthy. So you can be healthy and overweight, and you can also be diabetic and thin, for example. So it's not, I mean, it's not all a one-to-one translation. And, of course, this ideal of having to be very skinny that we get from movies, that we get from magazines, and now, of course, more than ever from social media, and having this constant chatter of how to improve your your life your diet i mean we talked about it in the biohacking episode and i think this is also fits in fits the bill of course i mean these kind of using drugs to be the best self that you can be or some kind of other hacks and then i think Ozempic fits perfectly into this uh, line yes, of reasoning. yes absolutely the question is so i think food is really like a fundamental part of life right and it's it's also fun to eat and it's it's also part of culture and then if you if everyone then takes a drug that suppresses the appetite what do you then do when you get together drink like water still water because the sparkly (laughs) makes you feel sick maybe or yeah i mean it's it's really it's a question of culture and I mean, I also, I, I read that somewhere, maybe it's also a bit like over the top, but that the, the fast food industry or the, the food industry in the United States is really scared by uh, by Ozampik Okay. Because people don't yeah, don't crave crave yeah. the unhealthy foods anymore. Mm. So I think, I mean, it's a really difficult topic because you have on the one hand, the question of trying to be healthy and not having some really severe side effects from just being overweight. On the other hand, having society that gives you the feeling that you if you're not super thin, you're doing something wrong. And also, like, it's really a question of, let's say, self-control that you have to exercise. I think that can also be very damaging. And I think I mean, it's since I mean, I grew up, there's always been a question if you talk to people, if you think about I mean, you never think about food just like food. You always also think about diet and looks and how you, I mean, fitting into a societal image. And I think that is quite sad, I have to say. And it would be really nice if it were different, but it isn't. And also being being thin and fit and healthy, I mean, becomes this kind of status symbol in a way that you are a person who has their life together, but it's also a question of affluency, of course, because I mean, having the money to afford healthy foods, to have the time even to exercise or the means to exercise. And I mean, much more, again, in the United States than here, it's so much cheaper to, I don't know, go to Wendy's or something than to go just to Whole about, Foods. I was
1: just about to mention, because I have one example, which is a, a Cross example the city of detroit for instance you know miles and miles of urban deserts if you will and uh, you would have more or less one spot which is called eastern market where you have access to fresh produce but you have access to burger kings and mcdonald's and stuff like that and wendy's as you mentioned everywhere every square mile like 10 shops or so and a dollar a burger I mean you know the you know the equation and there is for lots and lots of people there's simply no access to healthy food right they wouldn't be able to afford a zempic as well I guess because they lack the funding but they don't have a chance to access healthy food which is in my eyes kind of a perversion
0: absolutely and that again brings it full circle because then you're doubly punished, right? I mean you cannot afford the weight loss treatment and you cannot afford the healthy foods. So basically and, and you get the image of, I don't know, Courtney Kardashian or whoever. There's this this TikTok challenges which celebrities most likely take Ozampic. I have no clue. I'm not on TikTok, but I think there is a lot of questions going around. But of course, I mean if you already have the the funds to eat healthy then you can have a trainer and then you can also have a drug that suppresses your appetite well nice for you if you don't like to eat and if it's so important for you to be thin but for yeah for the regular person it just becomes more unattainable and you become more punished basically, for not being able to afford a better lifestyle. And I think that really brings it also back to thinking about the image of food and also the availability of food. Because, I mean, it's also, I think, obesity to an extent is a crime of opportunity. Eh, It's, of course, not a crime, but it's, it's a disease of opportunity because if you have access to better chances or better opportunities for lifestyle and of course there are people who still become obese even if they have all the opportunities in the world but i mean i think it's it's very simple i mean it's it's similar as with with drug abuse it helps if it's not just readily available and That, or if you have the opportunity to live a better life. But I think in general, for me, this question of obesity or of weight loss and of body image and everything, it's quite a big question in our society because it's made very difficult for us. Because as I said in the beginning, I mean, we're currently I think or at least many people in my generation and I think also in yours you're put under a lot of stress you have a lot of unhealthy habits or let's say you don't have a lot of time to take care of yourself that's I think what I'm trying to say and then you have the people who excessively do that who are more maybe like the 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 health influencers or the people who who make their health their life and for many other people it's you simply don't have so much time
1: (laughs) to to spend on being healthy.
0: And it would be much nicer if one could slow down a little bit. And I think that would also lead to eating healthier and spending more time taking better foods and not doing the quick quick option. Even if you have the money to cook a meal from scratch, you would maybe get a sandwich because you don't have the time. And I think having maybe a better... It's, it's not so much a question of weight loss, but a question of having a, maybe a little bit better life for everyone. And I think that is not something that is fixed with a drug that makes you feel nauseous. But that would be something that would help to have a, have a real change and a debate about healthy living that is not some, I don't know, muscle packed twenty five year old who tells you that if you do a handstand every morning do hold plunge and then meditate for five hours that then you will have a great life because i mean somewhere in a more realistic frame where it would be attainable for many people and not for Rich influencers. That would be great.
1: Easy. We're recording that was a rant. <laughs> We're we're recording this at the end of twenty twenty three, published this at the very beginning of the new year. So it's twenty twenty four when people listen to this. Yeah, keep it plain and simple, right? Eat less calories than you burn or something like that would be just yeah, ideal and you don't have to think about many other things if you follow that rule, right? As a commitment for a new year and much better than taking drugs.
0: Yeah. Did I tell you my Christmas wish? No. Ozempic.
1: Come on. I can't afford this among other reasons i don't want my daughter to have any you know side effects no i'm it. kidding no i'm And, kidding. and you're I'm only kidding not, i knew I'm, that yeah
0: i'm also not, no i'm also not calorie counting i think that actually doesn't lead to anything for me at least um no i think it's really the yeah if it were so easy to do diet and exercise there were no would not be any obese people but it's not it's simply not i mean it's like with all unhealthy habits it's like just say no like who uh, was it nancy reagan who said that it's not that simple yeah so you need to I, somehow the brain is wired to crave things you don't you, that are not good for you including unhealthy foods and you somehow need to teach Teach your brain by habit to get out of such cycles. And I think for that, I also have to say I'm not at all against this drug. If it helps people who are really obese and at risk by that to lose weight, by all means, I mean, it's better better than of a super yeah. high uh, risk of uh, heart attack because... Or.
1: Yeah, and I guess we made the distinction between people who want to look skinny and those who are obese. I mean, these are really two categories.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if nothing helps, then it's great to have something that helps. I mean, it's it's really, and getting out of this made feel like something's wrong with your character because you're obese, because that's definitely not true. I think it's really it's really a disease for many people. And it's not something, I mean, if it were so easy to fix it, it would It wouldn't have occurred in the first place, right? So having something that helps you fix it is a great opportunity. But yeah.
1: So other than that, we just skip the wishes and the plans for the new year 2024, right? And we just say we go with the flow and see what happens.
0: Maybe. I don't know. We can have wishes. I think. I mean, didn't you say in the beginning you were wishing for world peace?
1: I said that privately, not on the show, I think, but uh, (laughs) world peace would be something really nice. Yes.
0: Yeah, that would be actually great. It would be also much greater than weight loss, I have to say.
1: I guess so. Yes. I I agree. But I
0: mean, it depends whom you ask, I would say. Mm,
1: Absolutely. And one thing, I mean, one wish or one promise, I think for 2024, we will continue. We are doomed. We are saved.
0: Absolutely. And we're really happy for all the listeners that we have now also in English. So please, if you like the show, recommend us to your friends. Like us. Write a recommendation. Write a review.
1: And if you have a topic that we should discuss on the show feel free to send it in and we'll check if this is viable for an uh, episode of We Are Doomed preset